0: Well, welcome back everyone to the podcast Fringes of the Faith. I'm Paul Henderson, administrative pastor of Capstone Church, and sitting next to me is Parky Coburn, the senior pastor of Capstone Church. How are you doing today, Parky? You know, I'm doing pretty good, Pastor Paul. I hope you're having a good week. I am. I am. You know what? Our latest podcast on Lucifer just aired today. Lucifer, was he here? Was he here? No, Mm -hmm. Stefano was sitting in, (laughs) but we did talk about Lucifer. Oh, okay, and uh, you know his original position in heaven. So Lucifer wasn't
1: actually a guest on the podcast. No, he was not. As a
0: matter of fact, he's he's not welcome here.
1: (laughs) Okay, I got you. (laughs) I'm in agreement with that. But anyway,
0: if you missed it, um, well, not if you missed it, but it just came out today. So I encourage you to go and, and watch that. I think you'll. You'll see some interesting things in that Mm -hmm. podcast that have Mm -hmm. to do with Lucifer and his fall and how we are all susceptible to the same iniquity that was found in Lucifer. Mm. But today is a different day, and I'm going to throw out a series of words to you, Pastor, and I want you to see if you can figure out how this relates to the Christian faith and... um, specifically what i'm describing okay, okay. you ready okay all so right.
1: this is like word association
0: it's like okay yeah it is but if you remember i want you to remember something though in episode mm-hmm. two we talked about uh ufos uh we talked about alien abductions yes we did and uh if you guys missed it make sure you go back and watch that um give it a listen because it could possibly tie into our discussion today oh okay it's a possibility so you ready for the clues about today's i'm podcast? ready all right here we go here, word association, you ready? Mm-hmm. Kidnapped, abducted, mm-hmm. seized, pulled, whisked, grabbed, mm-hmm. swiped. Got it yet? I got a couple more hints.
1: Okay, give me a couple more. Taken. Mm-hmm.
0: Transferred. Hmm. Transported. Translated snatched Mm -hmm.
1: okay well I was gonna say it kind of I thought you were describing my my wedding but uh, (laughs) uh, but then at the end uh, you got you got on some different words and so uh, tell me what what are we talking about today
0: well we're gonna talk about an event called the rapture, because all of these words that that I just went through, these are the words that are used to describe Mm -hmm. this event called the rapture in the Bible, and and they all come from one Latin word, uh, which is rapturo, and that Latin word rapturo has been translated from the Greek word harpazo, Mm -hmm. which literally means, harpazo literally means to be taken by force, to snatch or to abduct or to be caught up or taken away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's almost like those alien abductions that we talked about in episode two, but we're not talking about being abducted by uh, little green men or the grays mm-hmm. or the reptilians or whatever. Uh, it's a different kind of abduction because there seems to be, there appears to be, based on the biblical description, some kind of a transformation or a translation involved in this abduction. So let's, let's start. Why don't we start with the word used to describe Rapture and and I said it a while ago. It's a Greek word that that is harpazo, mm-hmm. uh, which has been translated from Latin uh, or Latin has been translated from the Greek word harpazo into rapturo, and in English, that is the word rapture, and it's the word harpazo that means rapture that's used by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Thessalonica, and it's found in First Thessalonians chapter four verse seventeen. You want to read it?
1: Uh, why don't you read it? I don't have my glasses. So are you telling me, but, but listen, are you telling me that the word rapture is, is in the scripture?
0: I'm telling you that the word rapture is in the scripture. Okay. But it's not the word rapture. Okay. I got you. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to explain kind of the difference and, and, and hopefully clear this whole thing up. Okay. 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 So let's let's look at the scripture first uh, in first thessalonians 4 verse 17 it says this then we which are alive now this is paul talking to the church in thessalonica he mm-hmm. says then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up there's that word harpazo okay it means caught up mm-hmm. to be taken by force it says that we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air so shall we ever be with the lord now Again, the King James version, which is the closest translation to English from the uh, Greek and Latin, is harpazo, and the harpazo means caught up. And so, there's been this argument raised in the past, and I think that you you were alluding to this a while ago that the the actual word rapture is not in the mm-hmm. Bible. But but here's the deal: the actual word rapture wasn't used, but the word harpazo was. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, the fact that the word rapture was not used, uh, you know, we can get into a big discussion about what word, what word. Uh, today, we're not so much interested in talking about words as we are the actual event itself. Right. And and how it's uh, how it's described in the word of the Lord. So,
0: Well, let, let me provide one explanation, and this may help clear some things up. So the word harpazo is used, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, which translated into Latin is rapturo, which translated into English is, of course, rapture. So it's like this. It's like if I say I need to use the restroom. Should have done that before we sat down. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If I say I need to use the restroom, but you say I need to go to the baños. The baño, Spanish. Yes. baño, is Spanish for restroom. Mm-hmm. We're both talking about the same things. Exactly. Both words mean the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's taken into context, we know exactly what's being communicated here. Because, I mean, we don't have to go and describe everything we're going to be doing in the restroom mm-hmm. for people to know. Well, thank you for that, okay, yeah, by so the way. For people to know exactly what's taking place in there. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible is crystal clear about this event that we call the rapture. Um, it's not described in any other works of literature per se, historical literature. It's not mythical though. And it's not allegorical and and it's not a metaphor, Mm -hmm. which some people have said, well, that's a metaphor. It's a very real event that will actually occur sometime in the future.
1: Right. I, I think those of you guys that are listening. I, I think we can get in trouble by taking the word of God uh, too metaphorically um, you have to remember, uh, the folks that are, that were used by the Lord to write the word of God to us, they are literally speaking to us about, about what they saw about, about what was shown to them by God. They're explaining it to us in, in literal language. And, and, you know, uh, if there's, if we take everything in the Bible metaphorically, then, uh, there's so much, truth that we're going to miss out of that i I don't believe that god's trying to to make things hard for us to understand Mm -hmm. i understand there's some mystery in the word of god uh, big things that are hard to understand and i'm fine with that but i don't think god's hiding things from us i i think he's what he's telling us he's telling us what is and there are just some things that maybe he didn't explain fully but when we look at the bible too metaphorically well, that, that doesn't really mean that. Uh, I think we can get in trouble going down that pathway.
0: Uh, agree totally, 100%. Um, so when we're talking about this, mm-hmm. um, we're talking about an event that is actually described in the Bible. An actual event. An yeah. actual event. It's, again, it's not symbolic. God, in, the, in His Word, when He uses symbology, mm-hmm. He lets you know uh, that you know this is symbolism. This is what this means. This is what that means. Mm-hmm but there's no symbology here what uh, what the rapture is describing is a snatching away that takes place by and it's by force because mm-hmm. that word harpazo is means by force caught up by force being transferred from one place to another by force in other words we don't have anything to do with it right it's not it's not anything that we do or can yes. do
1: it's not like us uh Radio, radioing the bridge and say, "Beam me up, Scotty." That's you know, right. it's not on <laughs> our timetable. It happens on God's timetable.
0: That's right. And essentially, if you think about it this way, it, it's like being it's like being kidnapped mm-hmm. or abducted. Right. Um, but willfully, mm-hmm. if you're a believer, um, and in Christian dome, we recognize this context mm-hmm. um, in using the word rapture that describes what this specific event is. So, hopefully, that helps us be able to explain what the rapture is by defining where the word comes from and what the definition of that word is. And so with this nailed down, you want to start describing the actual event?
1: Let's talk about it.
0: All right. So let's go back to first Thessalonians chapter four. We're going to be reading from verse 13 through 18, and I'm going to use the living Bible translation because it paints a very clear picture Mm -hmm. of what this event is. So here we go, says this. Uh, one more time, it's First Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 13. And now, dear brothers, I want you to know what happens to a Christian when he dies, so that when it happens, you will not be full of sorrow as those who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and then came back to life again, we can also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him all the Christians who have died. And verse 15 goes on to say this, I can tell you this directly from the Lord that we who are still living when the Lord returns will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in their graves. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a mighty shout and with the soul-stirring cry of the archangel and the great trumpet call of God and the believers who are dead will be the first to rise to meet the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, there's that word, harpazo, mm-hmm. with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. So comfort and encourage each other with this news. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a, you remember, Paul was a Pharisee. Yes, He was a Pharisee. And he studied under a very, very famous rabbi of his times, Gamaliel, Gamaliel hmm Okay. S- yes. And
1: so what does that mean for him to be a Pharisee?
0: It means that he believed in the resurrection. All right. Exactly. He believed in the resurrection. And I believe this is why he had no issues believing that it was Jesus's resurrection power on the road to Damascus and why he became so zealous for the faith.
1: Yeah, we know that. I mean, you know, it's actually Jesus uh, that tells Paul. He tells him. Uh, he gives him direction. And, you know, after this divine encounter, the Lord speaks to him and he says, now go. And, and you know, there's going to come a day uh, according to the scripture that the Lord's going to speak to us mm-hmm. and he's going to give us a direction out of his mouth. And, and that direction uh, we're, is just going to, to snatch us, catch us, like you said, and just funnel us into our, into our, uh, next place of, of existence with God. And so you're right. I mean, that's kind of a, just a really sm- small picture of what's going to happen to the body of Christ as a whole.
0: Right now. Um, uh, you know, Paul wrote this, um, to the church in Thessalonica and, and he, he's not a new believer when he writes this, No. You know?
1: No. Paul's been saved at least 15 years at this point in time.
0: Mm-hmm. And so he, he um, endured many hardships because of his conversion mm. as well. And then he was eventually martyred for his beliefs and his declarations that Jesus is the Savior and the only way to paradise. So in the early church, first century church, when Paul spoke, people listened and they believed. And my belief, and you, I'm interested to hear your opinion about this, but my belief is that Paul had a greater revelation of who Jesus is, then the majority of the disciples did possibly even including Peter. I think only John knew Jesus better than Paul, in my opinion. And and that's why John was shown how the future of humankind will unfold in revelation.
1: I think one of the, of the things that could bring that, uh, to, to a conclusion, a, a probable conclusion from what you said, uh, Paul, uh, was closer or knew the lord i you know i know i understand that's debatable i understand that's opinion but it, it, there's very little doubt to me that paul uh, knew the old testament and the prophets better than any other disciple i mean you have to understand that to to be in the position that he was in and he was advancing into some scholars say that uh, a pharisee of high standing had to almost be able to quote the first five books of the bible by I've memory heard that. by I have, memory I have heard that. so you have to you have to understand i mean in the fact that paul knew the word probably better than any other disciple there's no doubt about it
0: so what does that mean for us in the modern church uh, what it means is that when paul speaks we listen and we believe because the epistles were written through the inspiration of the holy spirit as you talked about earlier in the beginning um, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by apostle, the apostle Paul. And, and Paul wasn't some lunatic running around talking crazy gibberish about ghosts and, and, and UFOs and, and the paranormal. He wasn't that kind of a, a person. He was essentially an expert in the law, highly educated. And so when, when the resurrected Jesus appeared to Paul, uh, he gave him specific directions, as you said, on his ministry and he gave him revelation about things to come. And and really they're not good things for unbelievers. Mm. Uh, And the reason I believe that Jesus gave Paul the revelation about the rapture was and is to provide believers, true believers that I should emphasize here, hope and strength to be able to endure the hardships that they will face, including the death of loved ones. So,
1: yeah. And you know, There's a lot of people out there that talk about um, cast doubt or dispersion upon Jesus and and what he did and who he was and and, uh, his deity and things like that. And, and, you know, you have to look at a, a man like the 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 Apostle Paul. This is a guy along with all the disciples. This is a guy who believed what he believed so strongly that he was willing to die for it. Uh, now, most people, if something's not real, okay, if they're just, hey, let's make up a story. Let's, let's have this superhero type character in this story. I mean, when they get ready to cut your head off, you're going to recant. You're going to say, oh, it was all, I was just kidding. Okay, it, it wasn't real. But Paul and the other disciples, uh, they, were, they were willing to go to the death for these things, even for their teachings about the damnation of the wicked. And not just the salvation of the Lord. Those were all, they were willing to die for those truths, but it was also the damnation of the wicked was also included in that. And they were willing to perish and give their life for for all of those truths. And so it just hammers home the fact that, hey, we need to listen to these things because uh, if they're not real, why are these followers willing to go to such lengths, uh, even to the point of death, to stand by them?
0: And torture, not just death, but torture. Oh, yeah. Torture. Sure. And, you know, if you think about it this way, if there is a conspiracy of of people that want to portray a conspiracy about something that didn't really happen, Mm -hmm. there's always, always minimum one person that breaks one person that comes clean and one person that saves their own skin. That's not the case with these
1: disciples or
0: the apostles.
1: Not even in Judas's case. Not even. Judas, uh, he did go out and he, he killed himself, but he did it because he was full of remorse. He went back to the priest and said, I betrayed an innocent man. He, he is everything that he says he is. And, and so even in that case, there wasn't a, 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 you know, a retraction. Well, everything he said wasn't real. He, he went out and he was filled with remorse because it was real. Mm-hmm. it was real
0: so let's let's get back to talking about uh the rapture in first thessalonians paul describes the supernatural event um that deals with the power of resurrection and the power of transfiguration now that's mm-hmm. a should be a familiar word if you're a believer transfiguration we'll talk more about this in, in a little bit but paul is writing to believers about what happens to a follower follower of christ when they die now we don't really know do you have you, have you read anything from, from scholars or commentaries that, that talk about, well, what prompted this conversation between Paul and the church body here about what happens to a follower of Christ when they die?
1: Well, not, not specifically, but I think we can infer from the scriptures that there was already some false teaching going around. Uh, some people were saying maybe that the Lord had already come back for his people and and the apostle paul was definitely trying to set some things straight and and uh contradict those false teachings with truth.
0: And I think I think that he is he is you know he, he has gotten revelation from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and so he is attempting here to put people at ease a little bit, not mm-hmm. just his particular congregation at Thessalonica, but it's a message for us too that when we have someone that we love dearly yeah. when they pass over or they pass away, that we, we have hope um, because Paul tells us, and he has gotten this word from, from Jesus. He tells us that when a follower of Christ dies, we don't have to be full of sorrow like those who don't believe. And he goes on to say that we will see everyone who has ever lived and died as a follower of Jesus, because upon his return to earth, he's going to bring all those believers mm-hmm. uh, with him. And, and you may ask, so how is Jesus going to accomplish this with only one resurrection at the end of the age? And that's the resurrection in Revelation where it says all the all those will be raised and stand in judgment uh, before God. And so you, you may say, well, how can this happen um, with only one final resurrection? And you say, well, there's only one, right? I mean, when you read Revelation, you think, well, there's only one. uh, resurrection and I think this is what you alluded to a while ago was that false doctrine entered somehow entered into the faith Um, but that is false because if you read the Bible for yourself you'll see that there have already been multiple resurrections um, and not just of Jesus and there's nothing in the Bible that specifically says that there's only one final huge resurrection at the end it talks about a resurrection at the end but it, that it doesn't say that that is the only one and when you look at Revelation 20 verse 5 that talks about the first resurrection during the first resurrection uh, meaning the resurrection before the final returns the, that itself says that we know that it's not the first resurrection ever because uh, and what I'm getting to here is that there was a man <laughs> let 's go back to, to the Gospels there's a man in John chapter eleven named Lazarus oh yeah, and he was a man that had been dead
1: for four days yeah yeah there there are many, not even only in the New Testament but in the Old Testament as well. there are instances of people being resurrected uh, from the dead. Mm-hmm uh come you know ha- having been dead and coming back to life and i understand what you're saying uh, you're not disputing the fact that the bible says there is a resurrection at the end of the age you i understand that you're just bringing out the point that uh resurrection is a theme uh, throughout a lot of the bible and we get a glimpse into it in many places in the bible
0: one of the uh obscure resurrections is is located in 2 Kings in mm-hmm. chapter 13. There's a dead man mm-hmm. that was thrown into, hastily thrown into to a grave, a tomb mm-hmm. that just happened to be the grave of Elisha, the prophet. And when this dead man's body landed on the bones of Elisha, He's resurrected.
1: Yeah, the only instance in the world of a dead man being able to raise another dead man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> life can, is the only thing that can rescue you from death. But that that's the one instance.
0: Well, this is Fringes of the <laughs> Faith, so we, we had to yeah. to go to the obscure part. So let's jump back to the New Testament. When the resurrection of Jesus happened, it was so powerful, so powerful that in Matthew's account, chapter 27, it says the tombs of many were opened and many previously mm-hmm. godly men and women who were dead came back to life. And then not only that, mm-hmm. they went into Jerusalem where others witnessed them alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing. That's and powerful. that is
1: amazing. I mean, uh, wow, it just kind of lets you know about the power of the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. How that it, when he ra- was risen from the dead, it actually some people around, and I i don't know how all that happened. It's its interesting, but people around that, saints, people that had known God, uh, known God previously in their life, were raised from the dead. Well, how powerful is that?
0: Well, and that's the power that we're talking about mm-hmm. when we start talking about the, the rapture. I mean, God yeah. is a powerful God. And if during Jesus' resurrection many were raised from the dead based mm-hmm. on that power, um, then there should be... No question really about, well, how is God going to do this? Uh, How is this going to all play out? I mean, we're talking about supernatural power.
1: Yeah, it kind of gives you a little idea why they use the wording that they use, caught up, seized, snatched, okay? Because this was very simply the power of God working through his son, raising Jesus from the dead. But it was so powerful that others were resurrected as well.
0: And you know resurrections still occur today, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Yeah. Um they call them near-death experiences. And there's a significant amount of these NDEs that they shorten to NDEs, near-death experiences that record a person being physically dead, including brain dead,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for sometimes up to an hour who come back to life. And they tell things that they experienced while they were technically dead for that period of time, but but here's the point. Paul describes a resurrection of the dead event in 1st Thessalonians of just the believers in Christ he says when Jesus returns he will bring with him those who died and were believers but he doesn't stop there so now Paul transitions from the resurrection of, of the believers in Christ he transitions in 1st Thessalonians Remember, we're talking about the rapture he goes on to say that he received a word directly from the Lord who told him that one day when Jesus returns, when he returns, that those of us who are living and that we will witness this massive resurrection mm-hmm. of the dead in Christ. And, and then they'll be raised from the dead. And, and then those who are alive, we will see it happen. If it occurs in our lifetime, we'll see it happen. And he continues telling us that the Lord told him about those who are alive when this massive resurrection happens. He says, the ones who are alive when this happens, they will be harpazzo rapturo raptured all meaning suddenly and forcefully snatched up uh, to meet him in the air so Mm. i think that's that's pretty interesting yeah he hears that from jesus himself
1: yes yeah it's pretty powerful and and i think you have to understand that you know, even the early believers, I think some of this was hard to understand. You know what I mean? I mean, they're listening to this and they're going, when's this going to happen and what sequence is this going to happen? How's this going to happen? And so, you know, Paul could have come up if he was making something up, he could have come up with a much easier story that would have been a lot easier for people to believe. But this is what he got from God. This was the truth from God. God's showing him exactly how this is going to happen. And, uh, and even today, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. How, when, when how's this going to happen? At what point in time is it going to happen? But the truth of the matter is, and all we need to really be concerned about is that it is going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Paul says, uh, he says before this occurs that there will be a, a loud trumpet blast
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the shout of an archangel. And I wonder... You know, how many of you out there wonder what that shout will be? What's that archangel going to shout? Did you know that there's a clue in the Bible?
1: No. Tell me what the clue is. Well,
0: John gives us a major clue in in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Let's read it and see if we can pick it out. It says, Then I, this is John, Then I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before, which sounded like a mighty trumpet blast, spoke to me and said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen in the future. And so I believe that the shout of the archangel not only will sound like a mighty trumpet mm-hmm. blast, we'll hear mm-hmm. the mighty trumpet blast, but he will say, Come up here, all you followers of Jesus.
1: Right. That's that's another very interesting uh, parallel to bring out. And I know there's a lot of people that are watching today that really have studied into these things. You know, they think, well, you know, the trumpet... That coincides with the feast, you know, the blowing of the trumpets at the feast. And and you may be right and possibly are right. But, you know, even when the Israelites camped around the ark in the Old Testament, you know, they moved out upon the blowing of a trumpet. Mm-hmm. When they mm-hmm. decamped yeah. and were to move, uh, they did that at the blowing of the trumpet. So we have that parallel as well.
0: And when they assembled. Mm-hmm. when they were called to assembly yes exactly when they were called to gather mhm all right yes. so when when John hears this he hears the trumpet and he hears the shout he's immediately translated he's immediately transfigured into the spirit realm and witnesses the throne of Jesus and there's that word again transfigured mm-hmm. which means to be changed from a physical form to a spiritual form and if you remember in Mark chapter 9 Jesus takes Peter James and John up on a high mountain. And then suddenly Jesus is transfigured and he's speaking with two others. And so Jesus metamorphosized, he, he morphed, he he was transfigured in front of his three disciples. And I think the same transfiguration potentially happened to John on the island of Patmos in Revelation in that mm-hmm. verse that we read in chapter four about the door being opened in heaven, because it says he was immediately in the spirit, immediately in the spirit. Um, there's that there's that connotation of, of like caught, like yeah, you're right, immediate, and, immediately. And, and
1: and he had to be changed mm-hmm. for that to happen because the the angel said, "Come up here, right, and I will show you things that must take place after that." That was the direction, and so uh, that's real interesting too, you know, in the fact that uh, uh, you, you're right in that John was caught up and he he was changed just to be able to enter into the heavenly realms to be able to receive uh uh that revelation you know the apostle paul talked about that said that happened to him too
0: yeah when he was taken to the third heaven mm-hmm. okay it's exactly what he you know he even used the same word mm-hmm. harpazo mm-hmm. said he was caught up to mm-hmm. the third heaven harpazo isn't that interesting yeah um and there's another instance of paul describing this harpazo Of believers in the Bible and when you turn to the second letter that he wrote to the church in Thessalonica uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says this and now what about the coming again in the clouds of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered or collected together to meet him in the clouds please don't be upset and excited dear brothers by the rumor that this day of the Lord has already begun you talked about that a little Mm -hmm. while ago that some in the church thought that it already happened He says, if you hear of people having visions and special messages from God about this or letters that are supposed to have come from me, don't believe them. Don't be carried away and deceived, regardless of what they say. And here's kind of the thing. If you hear of people having visions and special messages of God about what, about the rapture,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it says, don't be carried away and don't be deceived regardless of what they say. So I guess, what you were talking about is there were some rumors that were floating around that the rapture had already happened. Yeah. Um, And that was only, you know, I read uh, a commentary and they said that it was only a few months after the first letter to the Thessalonians that Paul wrote the second letter. And so only a few months had passed about his teaching of the rapture. And then all of a sudden there's this false Mm -hmm. doctrine that gets presented and they think that it's already happened.
1: Yeah. Well, shoot, I've had people tell me, uh, you know that the rapture was going to occur at a certain point in time, and you have too. There have been books written about that, and and uh, and so it makes you feel better, and so far all those books other than the Bible have been wrong. Mm-hmm. But it does make you feel better uh, to know that uh, this has been something that people have been talking about occurring uh, for since the very beginning uh, of the church. And so – You know, we're just a part of a great big group of people that talk about the coming of the Lord, wonder when that's going to happen. But, uh, uh, you know, we need to go back and remember very, uh, and and remember this, that Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour. And uh, when he said no one, he means no one. No one. Mm -hmm. And so let's don't struggle over trying to pinpoint things down. If you're not ready, get ready. If you're ready, don't worry about it.
0: That's good. That's good. And, and, you know, there there are a couple of um, instances, typologies, I guess, um, examples you could could reach into in the Bible of a rapture per se happening. Um, One of the ones that come to my mind, one of the first ones is Enoch. Mm-hmm. He was taken. He w- he was, and then he wasn't. He walked with God, and then he wasn't. He was taken. There's Noah. Noah and his family, they were rescued from the flood. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a picture of being raptured out of the great, great tribulation. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are instances. Uh, Elijah. Himself. Elijah, yeah, nope. he, was, he was taken. He was raptured. So there are instances in the Bible. Uh, this is not something that is so far-fetched and and so far out there that it's never occurred before exactly i mean this is something that has happened historically in the bible um and so i think what paul is doing here when he writes his second letter is he's he's letting them know that the harpazo this time he's referring to it as the gathering of the followers of jesus it hadn't happened yet and he charges his congregation and this this is for us as well And just what you alluded to or what you said a while ago is not to be carried away by rumors and deceived by false doctrines. If somebody's out there attaching dates uh, to when this rapture is occurring, if someone's out there attaching, um, they know 100% how this is going to happen, you need to run. Uh, You don't really want to listen to that kind of stuff because it's it's false. It's false doctrine because like you said, Jesus says, no one, not even him when he was on this earth knows not the angels in heaven, not the ones that are surrounded, Mm -hmm. that are surrounding God that are in his presence. They don't even know only the father knows. So Paul describes what must take place. This is important because uh, in his letter, he is describing what must take place before this rapture event happens. How does Paul know what's going to take place before the rapture occurs? Well, because he got a, direct word from the lord regarding the resurrection of the dead in christ and the rapture of the believers who are alive his first letter says he got a direct word from the lord about things that are going to happen just before the rapture
1: Mm. that's you know that's powerful and if you really read the scriptures then you can see uh that we are, are are getting ever closer uh, right at the door of this rapture occurring and and you know Jesus himself talked about the rapture, you know we've been talking about the writings of his disciples but but he talked about the rapture too, but that's going to have to be a subject for a for another time isn't it
0: Yes, and I'm very interested in hearing about yeah. this um for Jesus himself to describe the rapture. Uh, I think, I think if you don't study the Bible, if you're not into the word, if you're not in prayer, if you're not walking with God closely, you'll miss it. You can miss this. Um, you know, it's just an, it's just another story of Jesus if if you're not in a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. But for those of you that are in a relationship with Jesus, you walk with God and you, and you're doing your very best to, to allow the Holy Spirit to, um, sanctify you to, to every day, get more and more to be like Jesus. Uh, then you don't want to miss part two of this because we're going to talk about a a very specific, I believe it's a very specific indication of how it will be here on the earth in the days Mm -hmm. leading right up to the rapture. Mm -hmm. Well, we will see you next time when we get to talk about this. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on today and, and just giving us your thoughts and your insights onto this, uh, uh, into this topic. Uh, really appreciate it. and Thank all of you too out there for listening and for sharing with your friends and your coworkers. And remember, if you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss on the show, then, uh, just send us an email info at Church, or you can comment in the section below if you're watching our big cast on YouTube. Well, that is it for today, Pastor Parkey. So, Um, for all of you out there, just remember, stay in the word, stay alert and be not deceived.